listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. And it is the third and final hour for the folks in Lake City and surrounding areas, Tampa, St. Pete, Fort Charlotte to Venice, halfway home for those who listen in the 239. We are Miller and Moulton here on the Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. And Tuesdays at 8 o'clock means Pat Kerwin of NFL Radio's Moving the Chain, CBS's NFL Today show. Pat joining us once again, courtesy of Pinchers from Tampa to Key West, over a dozen locations in between Pinchers because you can't fake fresh pat welcome how did the combine treat you it was terrific really it's well organized and you get you know they come through they are very um the league is very good at getting the guys to you on time you guys appreciate this you guys do interviews so when you're at the combine there's kids everywhere and when he says 809 this particular player will be there at 809 the player's there so they just come in they do their work with us and they move on. So we didn't really miss on anybody. No one canceled. No one was late. There was no backup. Nothing worse than your interview and a guy and his three guys waiting their turn because it was all behind schedule. So I give the league a lot of credit for getting this thing off the ground. They know how to run a PR machine <laughs> and they did a nice job with it. So I ended up doing 62 interviews. We haven't used all of them by any means and we'll use them as the spring goes on here. Did you get to talk to any of the quarterbacks on Saturday, Pat? Um, yes, I did. I talked to Stroud uh, for a while and uh, very interesting. I think he might be the most stable of the group in regards to has the skills, has the body, uh, has the experience. Um, you know, the kid Richardson, just that's a wild card and a half. If I was taking him in the third round, I'd be fine with that, but not in the first round because, you know, you have to play him. And uh, who else did I talk to? Oh, I talked to a little Georgia quarterback for a while. I just found that kid. I felt like I was talking to Drew Brees. He was just that kind of intense, knows what everyone thinks of him, can't wait to prove everyone wrong. Whether he can or not doesn't matter. He is a fiery competitor. So those two guys kind of jumped out at me in the quarterback world. Do you think, you know, for as much as I think Jalen Hurts is going to help Anthony Richardson at least get drafted, did Brock Purdy really help Stetson Bennett? Because Stetson, because, I mean, he's 25, okay, but – you look at his height and his measurables, but then, you know, he might have been the s- second most athletic quarterback at the Combine if you look at his measurements and all that. He apparently had a really good workout, okay, and, do you, and Brock Purdy was the last player taken. Do you think because of Brock Purdy and even Bailey Zappi with New England, do you think that Stetson Bennett now, Pat, is going to go maybe two or three hours earlier in the draft than he would have? He should. You get all these guys with compensatory picks. You know, uh, I'd be all over that guy because I think the guy can come in and be your number two, which I don't say very often. But he can come off the bench next year and function as an NFL quarterback. It's not going to be too big for him. He's never going to be a true starter, but he's going to land up being an effective player in this league. And he knows what people think of him. Uh, Coaches fall in love with guys like that. Coaches want to coach guys like that. So I don't want to overrate him, but I do think he'll go, you know, late on Saturday. And and when you say a couple hours or at the beginning of the seventh round, look, most of us don't want us to sign a college free agent quarterback because there'll be one or two that everyone's after. And you'll end up giving them a bonus as big as the one you get have to give in the seventh round. So, yes, I like him. 
I'm not a big fan of the, and I don't believe anything I saw in Indianapolis when it comes to Richardson. That is a full-blown project. You go back and study how he even got the job at Florida. It was almost by default because the other kid left. And when you study that and you start looking, at he doesn't have a winning record. Really, is so raw. Jimmy was destroying his mechanics yesterday. So forget all the analogies to Jalen Hurts. There are none. Jalen Hurts is a is a quarterback. This guy, he, he, his elbows below his shoulder. He's going to fling balls all over the place. You can have him. I don't want him. <laughs> did Bryce Young, how much did Bryce Young hurt himself by not throwing when all three other of the big quarterbacks did, or did that really not matter? Once he was five foot ten, I think everyone had their opinion of what they're going to do. Look, in this business, you're going to get hit a lot. So ask yourselves: Do you think he can withstand the physical pressure? Yes. Okay. Yes. I don't. And okay, I will. You love tape. Watch. No, I love size. No, no. Hold on. Hold on. Just hear me out. All right. Go grab the Alabama Tennessee tape. Pat, he got hit more times and harder in that game than you get hit in the NFL. Honestly, that was an old school. They allowed, he got hit three times, Pat, in which in the eighties, they would have called roughing the passer and they didn't even throw a flag. I'm telling you it, that would be the game in which if you're worried about his size and whether he could take the punishment, watch that tape and get back to me. And if you still think what you do, I'm fine with it. But Pat, he got destroyed in that game, and he played that game coming off an injury in which we didn't even know if he'd play. Okay, I agree with you. One, you have a very nice game to look at. I'm suggesting it's going to happen 17 times. And I'm saying in the NFL, they don't allow a game like that to happen ever. No, that's not true. They flag you for it. Every defensive guy has full intentions of destroying you physically and sending you to the hospital as many times as they can. They do not care. You can write all the damn rules you want. In that, Go ask Joe Burrow how many times he got hit. If he gets hit as many times as Joe Burrow, he'll be out of the league in two years. There you go. Could you imagine us working for the same organization? I just would want to be the PR guy. I would want to be the PR guy for it so I could sit there and say, (laughs) all right, media member, ask Pat this question today and see how he reacts. Ah. Uh, he's Pat Kerwin, NFL Radio's Moving the Chain, CBS's NFL Today Show. By the way, he's not just giving this to us and he holds back, okay? We just get him warmed up, okay? He hits the ground running on Tuesdays at 3 o'clock on NFL Radio. All right, joining us once again, courtesy of Pinchers, Tampa to Key West, all the points in between Pinchers because you can't fake fresh. Do you like what New Orleans did, Pat? They go out and they get car. They sign, you know, a, a, not a huge money, but do you like the signing for New Orleans? Yeah, I do. I mean... And I, I like even more the Geno Smith signing an hour and a half later for $35 million. And I knew what they were doing. They told me they were going to have it done by Monday or Tuesday. He got $72 million guaranteed, that being Geno. Yeah, I do like the deal. Now, they still have cap things to handle, but I saw Mickey Loomis for a while. Those guys know what they're doing. They're going to, they're going to keep pushing off to the future their issues. And they're going to land up converting salary to sign bonus. They're about $28 million over the cap still. They'll get under. But they automatically, and this is what Carr was smart doing, he did not go to the AFC because that's where all the quarterbacks are. He used the Jets to push this thing over $35 million a year, whether they want to admit that or not. 
and he's the best quarterback in the division with no quarterbacks. This is probably his best chance to be a playoff quarterback. I find it interesting, Pat, he chose the Saints over Carolina. And I understand he has the connection with the head coach because Dennis was there at the beginning of his career with the Raiders. But if I'm looking at the roster and the cap situation and what have you, I'm not sure I'm going to the better NFC South situation, if you know what I mean. Do you know that the Carolina Panthers made an offer? Well, uh, no, the answer is no. You don't know if they I did. don't know. I assume that they were well, me, discussing if, something a little less than New Orleans offer. Why would, if at 37.5, if you wanted Carr in Carolina, why wouldn't they just throw 40 at him? We would have still said that's market deal. They didn't. So when I see a guy sign for 37.5, you know what it tells me? No one else came up above that number. He didn't go. He went to the guy who gave him the best deal. Well, fair it, enough. I'm just talking about from a competitive standpoint. I mean, they were 55 million over the cap before they signed Carr. I'm just, I'm curious how much of a roster he's going to have to play with. I mean, Kamara is likely facing a suspension. Michael Thomas can't be counted on anymore. I'm just curious how good of a team are they going to be. No, I'm with you on all that, but you're 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 trying to think he should have gone to Carolina when we don't even know if Carolina made an offer. They fumbled the quarterback things plenty of times in Carolina. Well, and I think it just shows you with Carr and the Saints and what they did with Geno in Seattle is that I know we got to wait a few more days before these free agent quarterbacks, but you better get what's out there now because the list of what's waiting is not that good. Let me ask the two of you, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to get more than either one of those guys? No. Does he deserve more? He's been a Super Bowl. Well, yes. I knew I, could, I knew I could get you two to act like me and David right there. No, yes. So as the list falls apart, to Mark's point, and there's not going to be any alternatives left, what if three teams realize now, oh, we better get after Garoppolo? Let the Jets, Carolina, and I don't know, Atlanta. You know, they could push that market to 38-5. Well, the Jets are an Aaron Rodgers decision away from either having a great offseason or being in big trouble. Well, if you trade for him, along comes that contract. And after one year, if he says, I'm going home, I'm tired of this, um, where are you? You're in a, an incredibly bad spot. Well, and Pat, don't they have to wait until after June 1 to realistically trade him for how the cap works? That means they're going to let every quarterback in free agency pass, right? Um, look, I, I did a, like I like to do this all the time, the breakdown of these contracts and how's cars contract percentage of cap. Because we've talked about this on this show a lot. Forget all the dollars. I have a hundred callers yesterday. Oh, it's too much money. I go, it's percentage of cap. So this year, car is three percent of the cap. Three percent. Next year he's and I'm doing this based on three models. The cap goes up 20 million a year. The cap goes up 25 million a year. The cap goes up 30 million a year. So on 20 million a year advance from 224 to 244 to 264 to 284, his cap charge is 3%, 15%, 18%, 21%. 
Dak Prescott's 21% of the cap. Watson's 22% of the cap. Josh Allen is 17% of the cap. So I keep telling people, this is not any different than 1995. What percentage of the cap are you investing in your quarterback? So when I look at Carr's deal, I see what that is. You know, you know Rodgers right now is? In 2023, just 14% of the cap. Next year, he's 17% of the cap. You can do fine in this league if you can keep your quarterback around 16% of the cap. But Rodgers becomes a staggering cap number if he's moved, and that's why the contract is cumbersome. He's Pat Kerwin. More with Pat on the other side. NFL Radio's Moving the Chains, CBS's NFL Today Show, and he joins us courtesy of Pinchers, Tampa to Key West, dozen points in between pinchers can't fake fresh you're listening to miller and moulton exclusively on the florida sports network 21 minutes past the hour miller and moulton florida sports network florida sports network.com mark lie talk about the well, constant changes on the PGA Tour. They made a big announcement yesterday. The rank and file speaking out. Talk to Mark and Lie, who my guess is will take the side of the rank and file. But we'll talk to him in a little more than 15 minutes' time. Our remaining moments with Pat Kerwin. NFL Radio's moving the chains. And he joins us once again, courtesy of Pinchers. So, Pat, what tag is Lamar going to get between now and 4 o'clock today? Well, I would. if it was my deal, he'd get the low tag. I'd, I'd be very happy to find out what two first-round picks I could get from before I decide what to do with them. I'd be very happy to have another team negotiate the deal for me. Um, so I would put the lower one on him, not the higher one. Because once you put the higher one on, he thinks he's worth that. And that's what he thinks he's worth. That would be the low tag for me. And just to quickly explain, it, the low tag is $32.4 million. He gets to go and find one deal that he can bring back to the team and the team can either accept it and trade them and get two first-round picks, or they can match it and keep them. That's the one tag. The high tag is he can't talk to anybody. He gets $45 million. Yeah, and if you're assuming you're going to tag him the year after, you're at 90, 97, or 98 for two. The other one, you're at 70, uh, just around 70, which, by the way, is kind of interesting when you look at Geno Smith's deal. And is seventy-two million guaranteed, and and basically, I think they were using two-tag philosophy to get an extra year. So, they're very happy out in Seattle with with that guy, and they might end up trying to keep Drew Locke as well. Don't you think the Giants were thrilled to see the Geno Smith contract? That's the question of the day. Does D- Daniel Smith relate to those now? In in production, he absolutely does. He's not as good as Geno's numbers last year, but he's young and all this other business. He's going to tell the world. We don't relate to that. So I'm fully expecting a tag, although I had a conversation that said they, they made a little headway. Maybe this was all a ploy to get to the 11th hour and then take $40 million. Looks like the tag number is going to be a little bigger than you thought, Pat. I mean, we still got Ingram that's going to be tagged. We'll get a quarterback tag today. Anything else you're seeing out there as far as who gets tagged today? Well, I think we had an over-under number, and and so Orlando Brown was on our tag list, but he's not going to get tagged most likely, so that's a setback in the prediction number. Lamar will get tagged, and one of the Giants will get tagged, and we're going to land up with six tags. And uh, I think when we posted it at four, we took the over, so there it is. 
That's that's about right. Six, seven tags. It, it, look, the tag is a divorce proceeding. Most tags end in the guy leaves you. Most of these guys are not going to do a long-term deal with you. Pat, are you curious what Tennessee has done? And I think now maybe we're seeing why it was that John Robinson got fired as general manager, even though he produced six winning seasons and five playoff appearances, is because, well, they gave the money to Tannehill and they structured the contract in such a way that they've now had to walk away from A.J. Brown. They're cutting Bud Dupree after they cut Taylor Lewan, and they're shopping Derrick Henry. And it really, it all goes back to three years ago going to the AFC title game with Ryan Tannehill. Well, they built a team that they thought could get to the Super Bowl. What are you supposed to do when your Super Bowl is in hand's reach? You're going to try to close out the deal. You would. You're a GM that likes to spend money at the end. So they built a team that they thought could go to the Super Bowl. It didn't go to the Super Bowl, so it's time to blame somebody. Why don't you blame the coach who wants to run hardball offense all the time and you can't get to the Super Bowl running Derrick Henry right into February? What's Derrick Henry worth? And specifically, do you know, and I don't know if the Bills would do it. I don't know if they'd trade inside the conference. But if a team like the Bills that's close, what's Henry worth right now? Um, well, at his age and his production and, and the wear and tear, I don't think – see, to me, it's it's got to be a ladder deal. So let's say for this year's draft, since you trade him now, you want a third. And then you're going to have some parameters for the draft after this. A 1,000 yards, another third. 1,500 yards a second, that kind of thing. we all done those kind of lines. But look, the for sale sign is out. I had a whole list. I'm sure I went over at your show a month ago. All I did was go through every contract. And here are the guys I said. Derek Carr, he's been cut. Carson Wentz was cut. These are easy. Winston's getting cut. Mariota's cut. Kenny Galladay, he was on the list, cut. Allen Robinson, you can look for a trade. That's a synonym for it. We're going to cut you tomorrow. And all these guys, it was pretty Taylor Wan. We knew he was getting cut. Frank Clark was on the list, but Dupree was on the list. Get ready. Griffin over in Jacksonville's got to go. Jacksonville's way over the cap. They'll cut him today or tomorrow. It's so easy. And every GM knows the cap casualty list way before they get cut. It's pretty easy. Cortland Sutton, go look for a job. D- Henry, look for a job. D Hop, look for a job. Allen Robinson. Look for a job. That, I don't think they'll cut Derrick Henry, but it'd be a third and something uh, based on production. Pat, who's going to be in good shape in eight days to sign free agents? I mean, right now it's slash and burn time, but and I mean, who's going to have money? Atlanta and Chicago both have a full intentions of using cap, especially Atlanta. Uh, they they have a full-blown plan, and they're going to spend all that money, and they're going to try to get right into this race. Do you think part of it includes a quarterback, or do you think they're going to go with uh, the Cincinnati kid in year two? Mm, I think they're going to still try to get a quarterback. They have their eye on somebody. I don't know who it is yet. I'm going to try to find out. But remember, maybe it's Tannehill. Well, is it you Lamar know? if they put that other tag on him? Uh, they have the money to put together a nice deal. And I'm telling you, if I'm Baltimore, I'll take the two first-round picks. 
Has he finished his season, David, in the last two years? Well, no, he hasn't, okay? And once again, I have no problems, by the way, if the Ravens take the two ones and move on. But now the problem is they've got a roster in which, in theory, you know, they're trying to win now. Now they're going to have to bring in a quarterback who doesn't play like Lamar and a personnel grouping that is all catered to Lamar. They don't have a wide receiving core. Okay, I don't if they move on from Lamar, to me, you're writing off 2023 as them as a viable contender. Well, maybe they're worried about are we as good as Cincinnati? Is this the time to flip the switch and retool this thing? I'm okay with that. But then also now the question becomes, so who are they going to retool it with? And oh, your friend Richardson. Yeah, go get Richardson. Like you think Baltimore would draft Anthony Richardson. Seriously. I'm being sarcastic because, you know, and they take him in the fourth round. They would well. take him in the fourth round. That's There's no doubt there. It's seemingly Baltimore always has a player or two fall into their lap on draft day. I'm just waiting to see who falls this year right into Baltimore's lap like it always happens. Well, do you think this draft has first-round quarterbacks really? Or is this – when you look at other drafts with Mahomes and Josh Allen – and Burrow, do you see what a guy in this draft that's one of those guys? I think Stroud can play, Pat. I think Stroud can yeah, flat out I'm, play. I'm with you, Mark. He's I'm a fan of him. I think Bryce Young will have a much better career than you think. Well, trust me on this. I wrote this one down. As long as you have me on your show, we'll be bringing that up a lot. <laughs> Feel free to bring it up if he's playing great. <sighs> Five foot ten. He's five foot ten on a team that had the best talent on the field every week but one. Well, you could say that about Stetson Bennett also. I, I called him the seventh rounder. I know that. I know that. So that so we know what it is you think of Bryce Young. I like quarterbacks that have to play uh against teams that are better than them because the NFL, the team in front of you, almost every other week is better than you. It's a it's a level playing field. It's Some of these guys are not from level playing fields. It's a very valid point. He's Pat Kerwin. NFL Radio's moving the chain. CBS's NFL Today show. He joins us twice a week during the season, once a week during the offseason. The offseason lasts about an hour and a half these days, by the way. And Pat joins us courtesy of Pinchers, Tampa to Key West, over a dozen locations in between Pinchers because you can't fake fresh. Pat, we got you wound up for your show. Now you just have to wait six and a half hours for it. Well, I really just can't wait for Friday to talk to you and Mark about a lot of stuff. Oh, sorry, Mark. You're not going to be here. That's right. No, I'm not. You guys continue the conversation on Friday, Pat. Thanks, as always. Miller and Moulton right here, the Florida Sports Network. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton. Only on the Florida Sports Network. Twenty-two minutes until we're out of here. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network, FloridaSportsNetwork.com. Until we're out of here in Lake City, Tampa, St. Pete, Port Charlotte, to Venice. We still got the bonus hour in the two three nine, which is where Mark Lye calls home most days. Nearly 20 years playing on the PGA Tour, 25 years broadcasting the PGA and Champions Tour. He's kind enough to join us once again. How the heck are you? I'm good, man. Life life is good. Uh, you know, my kids are playing some good golf. 
my son is uh he's going to be a gator next year he uh it's hard to get in that school uh, yes it is <laughs> i mean brutal but he got into Purdue, and he checked it out, and if he didn't get in the, the University of Florida, he was going to go to Purdue. So he's a brainiac. Uh, my daughter, on the other hand, is playing some great golf, and, you know, I'm just loving following them uh, in this stage of their life. It's fun. Absolutely glad to hear it. Um, just curious, the, the tour had another great week. Bay Hill was terrific, a great leaderboard. And yes. so far of the three elevated events, they've gotten great leaderboards and great finishes. Do you think it's working? Well, I think it's a little too early, just like it's a little too early for LIV. You know, everyone wants us to right out of the box, and it just doesn't happen like that. We're, you know, look, the Players' Championship at uh, Sawgrass was an experiment. I'm telling you, and now it has blossomed into a wonderful must-see event, but it wasn't like that for a while. Look, everybody wants this instant gratification in this world, Dave and Mark, and it just doesn't happen like that. When you make a big change in something, it takes years to kind of finesse. Look what they're doing with the FedEx Cup. You know, they're still not set on a way to do things in that, you know, staggered start. Uh, you know, was it fair uh, the other way? Uh, could you win two events like Bryson DeChambeau and still not win the trophy? <laughs> I mean, so, so you know, we want this instant gratification, but it's not going to happen. And the thing that's kind of curious to me is that I'm just going to go off here a little bit, guys. Um, for all the things that were wrong with LIV, and again, I just want to, qualify this i'm still a card carrying member of the pga tour i've been a member since 1977 i don't plan on canceling my membership but i'm a lifetime member i pay dues so the fact that i'm for liv in against the tour is poppycock all right i like both organizations but for everything that was wrong with liv the pga tour is now instigating those same ideas on their tour. And, and that's what's really hypocritic to me. Uh, I just, I don't really get why they're beating up on, on, you know, players that disagree with the PGA tour, because ever since all this stuff is happening, guys, the tour is saying, Hey, I guess we better do something. You know, and I've seen it before. I've seen it before in shoes. I've seen it before in in golf shafts. It wasn't until Joe Braley came out with these precision shafts that uh, True Temper said, hey, wait a minute, we got to get this thing going. It wasn't until uh, Reebok came out against, and Nike came out against Footjoy, where Footjoy just had the overwhelming uh, uh, share of, of market. But it's this is forcing the PGA Tour to be better. And what happens at the end, I don't know, guys. I mean, I just feel like this tournament this week should be on a pedestal for me. But because it doesn't even have its defending champion, it doesn't have DJ, it doesn't have Bryson. These are big stories. You know, Bryson moved the needle. 
whether you like them or not. And to not have these guys in the field this week, it just, I think there ought to be an asterisk. You know? uh, if you win uh, one without 31 players that played last year in the Players' Championship. Is that enough for you guys to chew on for a minute? <laughs> well, that's a, it's a hell of an opening statement. It reminds me of Al Pacino in Dog Day Afternoon. He's Mark Lai, nearly 20 years on the PGA Tour, over 25 years covering the PGA Tour, joining us once again here on Miller & Moulton. Listen, and this is not a knock. I think you would agree with this. Okay, you were a winner on the PGA Tour, but you were more of a quote-unquote rank-and-file guy than you Correct. were a top-20 guy. All right. James Hahn was the first voice over the weekend, I feel, for the quote-unquote rank-and-file guy. All right. Is the rank-and-file guy being pushed to the side, in your opinion, from these changes? And quite frankly, is someone like Mark Lai going to be able to play 18 years on the PGA Tour going forward? Well, there's uh, these days, there's a huge turnover. I mean, look at Ricky Fowler. He was outside the top 125 for a couple of years in a row, and only because the LIV came around is Ricky able to retain his playing privileges. And that's a pretty good player. And there's guys like that. Webb Simpson's going through that right now. Matt Kuchar. You know, all these guys. There's going to be a huge turnover. But, yeah, if I'm on the tour these days, I'm kind of pissed off. Uh, because I was a guy, yeah, nobody ever bought a ticket to watch Mark Lye unless it was in my hometown, you know, and that's the, the statements that they're making. Well, nobody's ever bought a ticket to watch James Hahn. Well, that's baloney. I like James Hahn, and just because he's an opposing view, they've been blasting him on Twitter. Look, he is just following the hand that the tour dealt him when everyone started leaving L.I., but we, we have cuts. And there's no limited fields and good luck with LIV because, you know, you got to have a cut and you got, you can't have limited field. It's got to be 150 players a week. Well, James Hansen, okay, okay. That, that's fine. If that's what you're telling me, that's what we got to have. Fine. So he sticks by that. And now he's getting lambasted. You know, I, I, I just, what way do you guys want it? You can't just set this narrative and say that, oh, we're the tour, and this is everything good about the tour, and then in a year, you change everything to mimic what LIV is doing. I, I, does it seem a little hypocritical to you guys? It's, Just a little? It seems that as if everything Phil Mickelson said has come true, Mark. I mean, that that's the, the, the you know, all the trouble he got all in right. for the initial statement. They've done everything he said. Everything. And, Exactly, and Phil's no idiot. I mean, I don't think he's as smart as he thinks he is, but he was right on this, you know, and boy, okay, so now they're trashing James Hahn, right? You're not going along with the company theory. Look, what? how do you think it felt to be Phil Mickelson? How do you think it felt to be Greg Norman, where the whole golf media – and I don't qualify you guys as typical golf media. I think you guys cover both sides. I mean, you, you just basically put it out there and you say, hey, you know, LIV ain't bad. Uh, PGA Tour, ah, they're not bad. But, you, you know, you just can't go one way so hard. And then when you go the other way, you expect everyone to adopt what you're saying. So the, the, the 
golf media now is trashing James Hahn because he's not going along with the company. And the company is Mark the PGA Tour. How many James Hahn's, though? Like, he, he, I got the impression. Yes. See, that's the thing. To me, you know, if there's 50 other guys, then they need to come to his defense. They should. and But they're afraid. They're Why? afraid. Why? What's it going to cost more- them? They already have said, we're going to keep you out of these 10 tournaments a year. Okay. I mean, honestly, what more could the PGA Tour do to these guys? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. But I will tell you this, that if – if I'm Honda, okay, and it now it's not Honda anymore, uh, if I'm a tournament that's been there forever, I mean, it used to be called the Jackie Gleason Inverary Classic, you know, back in the 70s. When I started, it was the Jackie, you know, Jackie Gleason Invitation or whatever. This tournament's been around forever. If, if I'm Honda and I'm saying, okay, I've got one of the longest-standing sponsorships out here, why would I want to be on one of these non-designated events? So Honda said, bye, see you later. You know, when they took that event away from Trump at Doral, I said, jeez, that's, that's a strong move. Move it to Mexico? And if you spoke out against that, guys, you were like, ah, you must be a Trumper. Oh, man, that's so bad. No, no. It's about loyalty on the PGA Tour. And they want you to be loyal to, loyal to them to a fault, no matter what. And that's the thing that I disagree with. Well, and I, I think to your point, Mark, I mean, no one bought a ticket to the Arnold Palmer to the Bay Hill to watch Kurt Kitayama. He turned it out winning the tournament, but no one was going to watch that guy. But the golf he played made you watch him. And that's what, the, that's what a cut event does. That's the thing that the PGA Tour had going for it that they're trying to take away right now, Mark. And I think it's a, a very short-sighted move because the one thing that I hear from golfers, and I'm around, I'm at my club four days a week. They like the cuts. They hate live yep. golf. And I, yep. hear it, I hear it every single day because I do this for a living. And if you're going to start taking the cuts away, I'm just wondering how that's going to affect the PGA Tour. Now what are they going to say? <laughs> what are they going to say? How are they going to spin this deal right now? I, I just, I'm just looking at it, you know? I mean, it's glass half full, glass half empty. I mean, hey, you know, maybe the, the fields will be easier now in some of the, the Honda-like events or the non-designated events. And maybe they'll, they'll be easier to win. Maybe you can move up. But here's another thing. This is the inequities. Um, okay, so now there's 75, let's say 78 players they decide on. That's going to be the number. Uh, so now you can't miss a cut. You're going to get points every event you play in, even if you're last, right? Because there is no cut. And now you say you're playing in the Honda, and I, I'm not beating up on the Honda. You're, you're playing in a non-designated event, and now you miss a cut, you get zero points. The guy that, the guy that finishes, uh, you know, 50th or 60th in that, non-designated event is getting points because he's made the cut. Okay. There is no cut in the other. And so that, that guy's getting, getting points for not having to make a cut. And, and there's another thing in there where in the designated events, they've actually allowed for four sponsor exemptions. So if you're a, a good player who's having a bad year and somehow you get knocked out, there's a way to get you back in. And I guess I'm knowing that if Ricky Fowler has a bad year, and God bless him, I love the kid, 
if he has a bad year or whatever, guess what? He's getting in all those designated events. And Mark, Jordan Spieth and whoever, whoever the flavor of the day is. Mark, we got about two minutes. If sure. you're Norman, though, you know, basically the PGA Tour right now, I believe, is outflanking. They're out LIVing the LIV. All right. <laughs> with a better with a better TV deal and more better players. So Correct. if you're Norman, if he calls you up right now, what's his next move? Got about 90 seconds. Uh, I would say get more players on in your uh, on your tour, and I think your idea was to go to fifty four players. It's the fifty four, yes. and I would say more players. But I think Greg is doing things right on schedule. I don't really think he needs to make a move. I honestly don't. Let's see how this experiment on the PGA Tour works. Let's see if there's any blowback. Will more players go play in Europe? Will they play international events? Will they play other tours? Who knows. I think that it's too early to tell right now, guys. He's Mark Lye. All right. I'm glad that we could get him to open up. Okay. It doesn't always happen. All right. Nearly 20 years on tour, 25 plus years covering the tour. Hey, congratulations on all the success your son and daughter are having. And uh, hey, can Thanks. we do this before the Masters? Oh, absolutely. Let's count on it. Great. Thanks, guys. Thanks, right. Mark. Mark Lye, kind enough to join us once again here on Miller and Moulton. Wishy just have a opinion on something. It's just so damn wishy-washy what he thinks. He's always, he's always had one. That's why we've always liked him. Now, his opinion on this, a lot of people don't like. All right, but he's always had an opinion. He's never been shy of expressing it. And James Hahn, the golfer that, well, taking on the, the only one really taking on the tour from inside the tour right now. It will be interesting to see how media day goes at the players to see if some of these questions are asked of other rank and file players or if they're asked of the top players and how they respond. It will be interesting if the LIV can just stay pat and survive. And I know they have the money to survive, but you know what I mean? It's, it's one thing to be in business. It's another thing to actually be in business. They came out and said their TV numbers were a little greater than they were. They claimed that 3.2 million people watched their initial telecast after all the dust settled. They're off this week. They play next week in Arizona. We'll see how that goes coming off of the players for the PGA Tour. Lake City, Port Charlotte, Tampa, St. Pete, and Venice, we thank you so much for listening. The bonus hour in the 239 is next right here on the Florida Sports Network. 